Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Phillies Today. It's Francisco Rojas, and have a little bit of a a different episode uh, for you this time around. Decided to have a guest for the first time on, uh, at least, definitely not the first time having a guest on Phillies Today, but at least on my end, you know, being a host on this show, this is the first time I'm having a guest on the show. Uh, it is baseball and Phillies expert David Esser, uh, who's done a lot of work uh, in the past, baseball-wise, presently, and uh, you're definitely going to want to hear his opinion. Um, always has a very intriguing, interesting perspective on the Phils. I definitely want to hear what he thinks about the Phils potentially get uh, re-signing Aaron Nola, uh, maybe going after Yamamoto. Uh, who, what pitcher are they going to get in free agency? What else are they going to do? Maybe addressing Nick Castellanos' trade rumors in, in quotations uh, there, and maybe even to just get his thoughts on the 2023 Phillies in general as they disappointed in the National League Championship Series, um, but trying to be optimistic and look ahead to 2024. So that's coming up. David Esser, enjoy this interview. And welcome on in to maybe not, definitely not the first interview for Phillies today, Phillies 24-7. It's been around a lot longer than, than I have, but since uh, I have done the show this year, I've been fortunate enough to do Phillies 24-7 throughout this season, even though the Phillies did disappoint in the National League Championship Series, I finally get to uh, get, decided to, to get a guest on the show. And it's, uh, it's somebody that I haven't talked to uh, in a while, um, but he's definitely one, of, uh, definitely one of the better baseball minds in, uh, in this area and uh, just in general. Um, and we connected within, you know, probably a couple of years ago now. Uh, through Twitter, still not calling it X, probably the last time I'm going to say that, um, but David Esser, somebody that you could always see uh, online giving his his, uh, his his great baseball takes, his Phillies takes, um, he's always uh, he's always active and he always, always is uh, keeping you updated. So David, how are you, my friend? Yeah, Francisco, good morning, man. It's been, uh, it's been great connecting uh, over the years just for some context. I've covered the Phillies in the past for... Uh, Philly Sports Network and fan sided over the years, um, but yeah, man, always plugged in. It's uh, it's great to uh, be speaking to you this morning. Yeah, appreciate you, man. Uh, what? So I know you got a. You just mentioned to me off the air. You got a. You got a new job. Speak about that. Yeah, I'm with uh, Gambling.com Group. Um, doing some some marketing in the uh, sports betting, iGaming industry. Um, with that being such a big part of the, uh, the sports media world these days, so that is where I'm at. Good. That's, uh, so definitely make sure you follow David on Twitter. It's uh, David Esser um, underscore. Make sure you follow his work uh, as it pertains to sports betting and as it pertains to um, Phillies, Major League Baseball. 
all that, uh, all the good stuff. Um, but so, David, it's been, I guess it's been about three weeks now since uh, the Phillies just uh, ripped all of our hearts out, somehow losing to the 84-win Arizona Diamondbacks team, uh, a team that I, I think is one of the worst uh, teams in the history of baseball to make the World Series. No disrespect to them. It's a very disrespectful thing to say, I know. But it's just the truth. That's what I, that's what I do on this show. I speak the truth. Um, so what are, how are you feeling? Have you moved on? Are you ready for 2024? Or are you still, are you still sad? Because I, you know, I follow you on Twitter and I could, I, I'd see you tweet and talk about how, uh, how, you know, how sad uh, really all of us have been. Um, but where, where are you right now with the Philadelphia feelings, your thoughts, your feelings, how are you feeling in general about the fightings? Yeah, I mean, and we can be honest, right, Francisco? Like that that Diamondbacks team stunk. Like let's <laughs> let's be real. Like I've had too many people text me or tweet at me saying things like, "Oh, you got to give them their respect. They played better." Like, no, stop that. That's not a very good baseball team. Look, it's great story, good for them. I thought they played very well against the Dodgers. Um, but I mean, they they had no business being in the World Series, and they really had no business getting past the Phillies. So. To answer your question, I'm still very much in mourning. Um, I mean, that is that is a heartbreaker. It's such a different feeling compared to last year um, when it kind of felt like we weren't supposed to be there and we were just happy to have a shot at the World Series. Right, house money, house money they were playing with, and this year it was the expectations were different. I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you said the the Diamondbacks got stunk. I don't know if I'd go that far, but every team that they played in the playoffs choked it. That's really what happened. The Brewers have a history of that. They don't have a World Series to their name. They choked it. Um, the Dodgers, we know they have a history of choking over the last decade or so. They choked it. And the Phillies choked it. So I'm glad you brought that up. And, you know, the, the Rangers did what uh, all three of the teams I mentioned in the playoffs should have done uh, prior. Um, but give me – all right, so speaking of the, the, the Diamondback series, you know, there was there, – there's – a good amount of talk on what the the reasoning was that the Phillies lost that series. What was your biggest reason why they lost to the Diamondbacks? Man, who knows, dude? I mean, we're, there's there's a couple. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of talk about did Rob mismanage the game? You know, was it the offense? Was it was it um, you know just the mentality? Was it momentum? Which some people like to say doesn't exist in baseball. You know, probably a little bit of combination of everything. I think, I think, generally speaking, looking at this series, the vibes of the whole series obviously flipped in Game Three, right, where the Phillies choked that game away, late collapse. Um, you know, Kimbrel, Orion, very, very poor performances, kind of did the same thing in Game Four. But I think you you look at why the Phillies lost the series, and it, it seemed very mental, man. It seemed very much like the Phillies got in their own heads. Their approach at the plate changed. Um, for the most part, their pitching was fine the last couple of days. Like even Aaron Nola's start in Game Six wasn't that bad. I think people remember that. It's him having a complete meltdown when in reality he put them in a position to at least have a shot at winning that game. So I think you look at why the Phillies lost this game, and they very much beat themselves, which is such a frustrating reality, considering how many highly paid veterans are on that roster. Right. But they beat themselves, man. Their approach at the plate changed. I think mentally they seemed a little checked out of it. They just kind of, they're just kind of, you felt it in the air a little bit going into game six and game seven that this was a series that was getting away from the Phillies for kind of whatever reasons in the background, whatever reasons up up in the uh, up in the headspace that this was one that was just slipping away. Yeah. Um, and, and you also mentioned kind of uh, in the beginning there how 
um, people complained about you know toppers uh, maybe you know the, the way he used uh, some of the relievers Kimbrell Orion um, I mean should he be on the hot seat? I mean, there's people saying there's a good amount of people, albeit probably speaking emotionally, saying that, oh, change the manager. Oh, like, look what he did with Kimbrell, blah, blah, blah. Should he be on the hot seat, David? No, I mean, come on. No, he shouldn't. Um, you know, like I said, we'll, we'll be fair. And this this was not a good series for Rob Thompson. Like, we'll call it like it was. This was the first time in the playoffs that he's really kind of made some bad decisions. Up to this point, he seemed to have a little bit of a magic touch out of that bullpen especially looking back to last year, every button he pushed last year in the playoffs just seemed to always work. Um, the amount of times he would deploy Alvarado or Serranti in a high leverage spot. And you were thinking to yourself, oh, this isn't going to work and it would work. Um, it was impressive. And this was the first time we've seen him make some mistakes. Uh, but we, we have to look around baseball, right? We have to look at kind of the state of, of manager positions around the league. You know, several very good teams fired their managers this year. You look at teams like the Cubs and the Padres and even the Giants, who've kind of been in the mix the last couple of years. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams in manager limbo. There's a lot of teams who've been in manager limbo for like 10 to 20 years. So the fact that we have a guy who's taken us to the NLCS the last two years, who's, who's generally liked by the players, um, you know, no no off-the-field controversies, no drama. Um, yeah, he's he's going to be in Philly for, for probably as long as he wants to be. Right, and uh, the the culture he has created in that clubhouse is, uh, you know, we we've seen it. I know it didn't end well this year, but um, it's a it's a it's a good culture to have. Uh, let's let's move on to the uh, to the off season. Um, a lot of talk right now around Aaron Nola. Um, you know, on WIP yesterday, Jim Salisbury said the Phillies could possibly have legit uh, interest in the uh, Japanese pitcher Yamamoto. Um, definitely intriguing there, uh, but. You know, there, there's a few things that I think they, they might need. But in your opinion, uh, what's the Phillies' most important need this winter? Yeah, it's a really good question because I think it kind of goes back to our point on why they lost the, the NLCS, and it wasn't because they weren't good enough. Um, I think the way their roster was constructed last year, maybe Kimbrell withstanding was good enough to get to the World Series. Um, they had all the talent. They had the pieces. So I think in terms of making another crack at this thing, you really just kind of got to bring back the same group, in my opinion. That includes Aaron Nola. He is, he is priority number one. Mm-hmm. I know Phillies fans have kind of a love-hate relationship with him, but there is just no other pitcher on the market that you can sign that's going to give you 200 innings um, of, of darn good baseball. Right? He's, he's a very good pitcher. I know the stats were a little bit inflated this past season, um, but, but Blake Snell has not has not pitched 200 innings. Um, it's not a guy you can rely on to give that give that type of a uh, you know durability to. Yamamoto looks awesome, but we also just don't know. We don't know if he's going to be as good as an Aaron Nola. So I think bringing back Aaron Nola's task number one. If you can't get him back, you have to find a way to replace him, whether that's through trade or different free agent signing, um, and then finding a way to replace Kimbrel with another high leverage reliever. If that's a guaranteed closer like a Josh Hader, great. It's not my money. Do what you want to do. Um, if it's someone else through a trade or a smaller addition, just to replace that spot, that that makes sense too. Okay, I definitely want to hit on some things there. Do, so, do you think that do you think that Nola is worth that? I mean, is the 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 market value right now on Spot Track is twenty four and a half million dollars. Is I I think some teams going to pay him out there like more than the Phillies would, like the Giants or the Cardinals, especially the Giants because we, they've been known. I mean, they almost got Correa last year for three hundred million dollars. Um, 
is Nola worth that type of money? I, I'm going to be real, David. Like, I, I agree with you. Aaron Nola can be a very good pitcher. But he's also had a very up-and-down Phillies career. Let's let's be real here. Since 2018, and I know that was, like, kind of a high bar. It's 2018 season, honestly. One of the more underrated seasons in Phillies history if you look at um, just the overall numbers. But, you know, he's been kind of up and down. And in 2020, he was very good. But that was the that was the shortened season, too. So, yes, the numbers were great. But it was 12 starts. Um, 2021 was, was mediocre this past year. Mediocre, in my opinion, um, whatever you want to say. Is Nola worth this money knowing that it's it's because you don't really know what you're going to get with Aaron Nola. Is he worth that money being a number two behind Zach Wheeler? In, in a vacuum, probably not, Francisco. Probably not. I don't think we're ever going to look back on the Aaron Nola contract assuming we bring him back as fondly as say Zach Wheeler contract, which might go down as the best deal in Philly's free agent history. Um, We're probably not going to look back on it as fondly as a Bryce Harper deal or even a Kyle Schwarber deal. But I think that's kind of the problem with free agency. I think Mm -hmm. maybe it's something that fans don't have the biggest grasp on is you're almost always overpaying, right? Right. The market is dictated by what other teams will pay. And when you, you have teams like the Yankees or the Braves who've been linked to NOLA, Teams like the Cardinals or the Giants, you know, these teams that want to make that jump into consistent, you know, NLCS World Series appearances, um, and they need pitching. They're looking at Arenola, and they're seeing that that durability. They're seeing that 200 innings per year. They're seeing a couple, you know, down ballot Cy Young um, votes over the last couple of seasons, and, and they're willing to throw the 200 million at him. They're willing to give him the five, six, seven years. So if that's the market. If that's what he's worth, that's what he's worth. And if the Phillies want him as a part of this core. That's what they're going to have to pay. Um, you know, maybe you get a little bit of a hometown discount. Unfortunately, he's a Borat guy, so it's it's unlikely. Um, right. So, I unfortunately, if that's what the market's saying he's worth, that's what he's worth. Okay, let's say they don't sign Aaron Nola. Who do you like? Do you, I mean, because the top three names have been uh, Snell, Sonny Gray, um, and uh, Yamamoto. Who who would you like there if it's not Aaron Nola? Because I know you like Aaron Nola. That's what it's. You've given you've given me that already. I know you want Nola back. Um, who if it's not Nola? What about one of those names? Can I give you a, a different option? Sure. Yes, yeah, please. I think this is this is when you deploy the trade chips. They they have some some chips down in the farm that they haven't touched yet, um, despite people kind of wanting them to in terms of a, a Griff McGarry or a Mick Abel. Um, Painter, unlikely due to his injury situation. This might be the time to do it. Um, you know, you look at a team like Milwaukee, who seems to be trending more towards a rebuild as opposed to a um, push for contention, just given their, their front office situation and the fact they just lost their manager. Um, this might be time to go after one of the big Milwaukee arms. I like all three of them. Um, you know, Blake Snell just worries me with the lack of durability. I think he's mm. 100% a big game pitcher. He's got a lot of talent. Um, is he going to be healthy enough to get you to October? I don't know. Yamamoto, I think would be so fun. would be so exciting. The Phillies have never really gone down that route before. Right. Worked very well for the Mets this past season with, uh, Kodai Senga. He's fantastic, but you also just, you just don't know. Um, and then someone like Sonny Gray, very good pitcher. He's been great in the past. Is he kind of anywhere near that? That Nola Snell realm, not not particularly at this stage in his career. So I think this is a spot where you, you explore the trade, you explore the trade market first, and see if you can bring in a proper, um, you know, guaranteed number two ace next to uh, next to Zach Wheeler. Okay, uh, and you speaking of trades, um, and I, I looked, uh, 
I saw your Castellanos tweet from a couple of days ago um, about how the, now you're going to have an annoyed Castellanos that now that these trade rumors have come out, you had Mark Faison, uh maybe like a week ago now saying that the, the Phillies are interested in putting him on the trade block. But then you had Buster only like three days later saying those are false rumors. Um, are you believing any of these rumors? And if you are believing any of these rumors, are you, would you be into trading Nick Castellanos? Francesca, I'm so glad you brought this up because, <laughs> and I'm sure you know this, right? As someone in the industry, as someone who's talked to other reporters, like teams, in, in, they don't just make up rumors. That's not something that happens in the industry. I know people want to believe that when a tweet gets put out about their favorite player and it's a negative one, that like some mystery team has just made up the report to sabotage the Phillies. Okay, nobody does that. It's not a thing that happens. Like GMs aren't that slimy okay it's like this got leaked at the gm meetings from a credible reporter whether it's 100 percent true like i doubt dave dombrowski sat fine side down and told him hey we're trying to trade nick castellanos but it wasn't just invented out of thin air somewhere somehow something got floated out that the phillies were at least poking around that as an option which makes sense given mm. the state of the team okay i love nick i think he's built for philly great personality by all accounts measure he had a good season ops plus of 112 what just under 30 home runs 100 plus rbis but his performance in the playoffs was a problem right like it was a big reason they weren't able to close the door against arizona so granted a couple days later you see dombrowski kind of backpedal say no we're not really trading my guess is he poked around found it would be very hard to move castellanos with three years and 100 million dollars left on that contract which, again, makes sense given the circumstance. A few teams are looking to take on that type of money. Um, so he's likely going to be on the team this year. You know, I think in terms of do I want to trade him? Not particularly. I, I think he's very good in the regular season, and you have to get to October 1st before you can start thinking about um, the playoffs, and he was a big reason they they were able to secure that top wildcard spot. So I think you give him another year. Um, you know, will it be awkward in the clubhouse? I don't know. Nick strikes me as a guy who, who gets hurt by these types of things. Uh, I don't. I don't know your thoughts on that, but it's it's trending. It's it's trending to like a little bit of a weird relationship, right? Yeah, now. like I, so I could see it. I could see it. What, what you're saying, he could get irked, but I also see him as a guy who like wouldn't give a crap about that. I mean, he you know he comes in and the, his first presser says, you know, I'm I don't have a college degree. I just I just hit bombs. Like I, so, like I I don't know. Like I I could I, I could see what you're saying, but I could also see him. Being like, dude, I'm just here to get paid, and I'm just gonna try to put up the numbers the best I can. But also, I think it's he's come around to you know the culture um, that the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, you know, have have put have put around him in the clubhouse. All right, uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Bryce Harper. Is he? You know, he was announced that he's uh, gonna be the first baseman moving forward. Is this the right move for the Phillies? Yeah, silver slugger winner, Bryce Harper, may I add. Um, just just the best. Uh, yeah, I think this is a really smart move, to be honest. Um, he, he, I mean, he's such a just freak player, right? Like, I think this his peak that we're witnessing right now, in my opinion, is probably the, the best Phillies player we've seen just in terms of pure talent. You know, obviously no one's ever going to touch Mike Schmidt in terms of career, um, but the version of Bryce Harper we're seeing right now is, is a very special player. Um extending his career as much as humanly possible. I mean, you've already seen rumors of, of a contract extension for him. Um, he's already thinking of playing into his 40s, um, getting him at first base, which he looked very comfortable at, which is hilarious to me that he 
got used to that position so quickly. So anything you can do to, to keep him at the plate, keep him healthy, um, you know, take some of that wear and tear off his, off his elbow in terms of, of throwing the ball from the outfield. Um, now that it's been surgically repaired. Uh, yeah. I think that's a really smart move. Obviously it comes at a cost, right? Reese Hoskins isn't going to be on mm-hmm. the team next year. Um, but if it's, if it's between keeping Reese for another couple of seasons or potentially having Bryce healthy for another 10 10 plus what 15 years maybe like this <laughs> yeah i don't know about the 15 years thing he's only jumping the gun a little bit <laughs> they, he he wants an extension that's all i'm saying yeah, he, he wants, does he wants to keep playing he's smart he's a business guy he knows what he's doing mr pander to philadelphia not that i don't love yeah. it just saying all right uh you mentioned reese hoskins there probably his time is over um you know unless something crazy happens where maybe they trade castellanos to move harper to the outfield and they you know, resign reese but it looks like Reese Hoskins tenure in Philadelphia is over, which is sad. I think most of us are Reese Hoskins fans. Maybe, you know, you talked about Nola having a love-hate relationship with Philadelphia. Hoskins had that for a while, but it seemed like, you know, th- you know, towards the end that Hoskins kind of um, grabbed everybody's hearts, to be honest. So, I mean, what's what's the one thing you'll probably remember, David, uh, about Reese Hoskins as a Philly? I mean, the bat spike, right? Um, great, great moment for him. You know, it did feel like last year was it was a culmination of what a decade of, of suffering as a Phillies fan it was a long road for us to, to even get to that point where we were playing important games in October and for Reese to you know because he was really struggling at first I think people don't don't remember that prior to the the Strider game last year Reese was really struggling I don't know if he had a hit yet um and then he comes out hits the big home run and then has, has a very good um, rest of the NLDS and then a very good performance against the Padres the next round. So for him to have that moment and show so much emotion, I think, was was big for him, but also just big for a fan base that had really kind of been through uh, the grinder the last last decade. For sure. Uh, all right, David. Um yeah, that's. I appreciate you, man. You're the you're you were like the first guest on the shift way back on uh you know the Rojas. I think it was before the shift. It was Rojas Media Baseball Talk. Just yeah, going through yeah. all these. You know, you're you're part of the evolution. You're a big part. So, uh, as we're here on Phillies today, ninety four WIP. I appreciate you. Um, congrats on the new job. Make sure tell tell the audience where they can find your work. Uh, and tell them about the uh, the new gambling uh, gig. Yeah, yeah. So you can find me on Twitter primarily. It's going to be at David Esser underscore um, gambling.com. We have partnerships with US, USA Today and McClatchy. So if you're ever looking to get started with the sports book, head on over to one of those sites and, and give it a give it a read through. Um, in terms of Phillies coverage, who knows, Francisco, maybe a couple of weeks, a couple of months down the road, I can I can get back into a little bit of writing, a little bit of reporting here. Um, but yeah, man, for, for the moment, Twitter is going to be the, uh, the best place to find me. All right, cool. Yeah, make sure you follow his his hot takes as well. He definitely has a lot of those. David Esser. Uh, David, thanks, man. I uh, appreciate you. Yeah, likewise. And that's going to do it for the first guest on Phillies today, David Esser. Shout out to David for all the insight on the the Phillies offseason and hot stove so far and what we can expect um, this winter and heading into spring training of next year as we're trying to be optimistic heading into uh, Philly's next season coming off the NLCS loss. But um, that's going to do it for me today. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. David, always uh, some great, great, uh, great content and insight there uh, for your Philadelphia Phillies. And you can expect him going forward to be a regular guest 
on Phillies today. So that's going to do it for me today, Francisco Rojas, and I'll talk to you guys soon. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.